0: Maybe I should write it down like, quickly, the chords, so that I won't forget.
1: <laughs> and welcome to a new episode of our Fresh Blood series. Today I'm speaking with Ng Simin, a young Singaporean musician, sound artist, who's just a year fresh out of the Melbourne University, with a degree in Shall interactive you? composition. Yeah. And her music studio, Art Wave goes beyond the conventional ideas of the practices and products of a music studio and it's interested in interdisciplinary creative practices across different art forms and genres. Already so far, she's worked on projects adapting prose and poetry with music, as well as making music for theatre and film. And she's here to share more about what she does and also give us a little sample. So we're going to be doing some on-the-spot poetry singing. What happened was that before this interview, Simon asked me to bring in a poem written by me for her to sing on the spot. And I haven't written a poem since I was a teenager so I went to dig up my juvenilia. And I found a little poem that could possibly be interesting to put to music. So I made some slight edits and we both have it now before us. And what you're about to hear now is completely impromptu, improvised music. Simon has never seen this poem before and she's going to be singing it completely off the cuff. So take it away.
0: something else to end Mm, okay Mm. it's okay if i kind of mix it up yeah Yeah. okay what do you what do you think might be good to end with
1: um i feel like the last line is the 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 best ending (laughs) but if you had to choose something else Mm. then maybe ending with silence is the loudest sound with that
2: conclusion okay
0: okay yeah (laughs) <laughs> it seems too happy Oh, I'm going to try Silence is the Song in Your Head. Mm. So Silence is the song in your head. Hello, I'm Simin and thanks for having me. Our wave Studio was started because I work very closely with my partner and he has skills that can complement my skills. So while I like to compose and collaborate, he can deal with like, technical bits. Mm. And so we find that we can actually work together. And so instead of coming under two separate names, we decided to come under a stu- studio. Mm. With the studio, we've, we've written for theatre and film. But my personal interest is really in creating like, audio plays and stories. You wrote
1: on the website that when it started, mm. you wanted it to be a centre for everything sound related in the arts to convene. Mm. So, what inspired this desire to intermingle it with other disciplines like literature mm. and um, other forms?
0: I really enjoy collaborations. So, um, like the, the learning of like, the kind of language mm. that each discipline uses, yeah. and, and then learning how to work with it, and then bringing, bringing my set of skills like onto the table. So I really want to see how music and audio can be expanded, even overflow into like these other forms.
1: So you also mentioned on your website that Artwave Studio is meant to challenge the world of sound art. How does sound art differ from music? Or how would you describe that difference in your own words? And what do you seek to bring to sound art to, as you put it, challenge it?
0: Because sound is not tangible, um, sound art usually... I feel has uh, has something that's tangible that can be seen and you experience it on the spot yeah like when you're when you're present yeah, yeah. I mean you could also um there could also be recorded uh, sounds that people coin like sound art mm. but for me I'm very interested in the everyday objects how to turn that sound into something that's meaningful mm. so for example yeah um, with cups yeah she's bringing out a few cups over here <laughs> Yeah. so with cups um, I think of them as instruments and how, how can I use uh, these to uh, actually enable people who are interested in performing to also perform mm. so uh, being trained as a composer I've always written in a very coded language mm. um, which is the musical notes and you, ha- you need to know how to read uh, music before you can even play what I was trying to communicate so I was yeah. wondering how else can I allow someone to, you know, perform a musical yeah. piece. Even if they don't have any musical background. Yeah. yeah. So if I think of myself as giving instructions, I could give instructions in English, mm. um, in graphics. I made this work called Kept White Cone. Mm-hmm. It's a graphical, it's actually a graphical score. So you actually have uh, the different positions of cups. So your instruments are three cups and you read a poem as you uh, maneuver the cups right. as you shift them. The score is actually uh, made of uh, images, actually mm. drawings. <laughs> yeah. As you read the poem, there'll be an image that tells you where to position the cups at that mm. point. And so it's not so musical in the sense that um, nobody is singing, nobody's actually playing music per playing se. Music. But so you're making music in the process. Mm, like yeah. In the shifting of the cups, there are still all these sounds. So mm. I've explored cups as an instrument so with three cups I could either stack them up I could shift them Mm -hmm. just to suit the image of the poem yeah you being um, part of the process as you read and as you perform because Mm -hmm. it can be so easily picked up yeah yeah so you don't have to go through like a rigorous training Mm. yeah I've also done on the spot poetry singing so if you brought me a poem I would turn it into a song on the spot Mm. And you get to participate in the process with me, make decisions with me as, mm. I, as we songwrite together. Mm. Yeah, so that process becomes demystified in a way. Yeah. Although, I have to say that not everybody songwrites the way that I do, mm. but um, it's just um, one of the ways you can approach songwriting. The process actually happens when I write songs, mm. except that I don't extend it, like to somebody else. Like, I don't have an yeah, audience, yeah. you know, when I compose. I think that's usually how it is. You don't have an audience when you're in the mm. process of it.
1: And is it more fun when you ask someone else to give their words to you? And it's more of a challenge.
0: Yes, it's definitely a challenge because I have to open up and remember that. Oh, now I have to communicate to someone that I didn't like while I just composed, mm. and also you know kind of invite you into mm. like something that's really private into your process yeah into my process mm. but at the same time i really enjoy enjoy it when people bring a poem that they like or yeah. a poem that they've written yeah and um, because it's also something very personal to you yeah <laughs> so thanks for opening up your poem to me and letting me you know just play with it yeah and
2: they seem a little strange silence is the sound
0: Other, other things I've done. So this one I did in
1: the theater show. Mm. So, we, um. so she's bringing out a toothbrush and a piece of paper.
0: Yes, yeah, so on this piece of paper, there's actually uh, zigzag lines and that's the direction um, of which the toothbrush would have to move and I've done it in a way that it tells you it still tells you the musical elements like the parameters. so for example, the speed okay so so the zigzag lines once you turn to a corner, you actually mm. have to pause a bit yeah and and then go down the next the next mm. line. So at with that pause, I'm kind of also marking a rhythm right yeah yeah so um, this is how I, I think of this work and mm. there's also a start and end um, mm. so once you get to the end of it mm. you actually have to reverse mm. so this is for the instrument uh, of the toothbrush there's another one where there's a piece of card with a circle in the middle which i shade, uh with pencil and you actually have to scrub it so then you make really quick um, really quick movement, so it's like fast rhythm, and um, really intense, yeah. So that's how I notate Mm -hmm. for non-musicians to play. So this was part of a theater piece where we wanted participation. There's another work called Paper Orchestra, where -hmm. there are different types of paper objects, and I become the conductor. Instructions are given in English. So this is actually accompanied by um, other instruments yeah. Okay, so let's say um, you have one instrument and I, this is my other instrument. Okay. okay so, so there is some
1: tracing paper.
0: Mm, yeah. There are actually three different instruments uh, to, to this piece. So you might receive uh, either one of them. And it's actually for meant for a conference. It was a challenge uh, posted to me um, to create a work for an audience of people, mm-hmm. like for, for a conference of people. And so I pitched it as a conference icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, meant for like large groups of people, and so um, there is the tracing paper, there is your conference booklet, and there is also an origami ball. Mm-hmm. So all these are happening uh, simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with with the tracing paper, I have instructions like um, poking the paper with a pencil. Mm. you poking the paper with a pencil and also crushing it, and letting it crackle open slowly. Yeah, so this one's for the tracing paper, and for for the conference booklet, or for the magazine, um, we have instructions like flipping, and then tearing. Yes, tearing a page. Also, from the torn page, you whisper loudly the words that are on the page. So, the final concept of the series includes two great things. <laughs> so there'll be all these sounds happening and uh, at, at different points, so there are cues. I've looked at these objects uh, and sorted them out in frequencies and decided what kind of rhythm goes where and say at the point where the page tears, no other instrument is actually making sound. I still look at it from a compositional point of view, mm but it's just learning how to play with the objects that I have and also mm-hmm. understanding the sounds that they, they make. It's a lot like understanding the instruments mm-hmm. and knowing the colours so I can use them in the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm applying the same concepts across. Where do you get these ideas from? Just listening to everyday objects? That's a very good question. While I was studying in Melbourne, I lived in a... Pretty small room and I was surrounded by uh, the things that I had and people were moving out all the time they always had things that they wanted to discard so I actually took a stack of A4 envelopes from my friend because she wanted to throw them away but I was like these can still be used Mm -hmm. so I took them home and there was another day where I found my school library actually throwing out like magazines from like 1979 and that was where I got um, The 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 book that we have Yeah, so I picked a few that I thought were interesting. Uh, I wasn't actually gonna read them, Mm. but I, um, because they were the same like quality and material. Yeah, the same material. So um, after gathering all these things for a while, I was trying to look for something to do to complete my project to complete my school project. So then that was when I decided that okay, I have all these paper materials actually. um, Can I do anything about it? Oh, which reminds me, the tracing paper was actually given to me by my friend who bought a new bag and it was stuffed with all these tracing paper. They were usually in very good condition. just need a bit of like smoothening out. Yeah. So after I collected these things, I decided that they were materials Hmm. for a new work. I'm usually inspired by books as well. So when people give me books, um, I had this book called Lost in Translation. It contained untranslatable words from around the world. There were a lot of words that related to love. Even if they didn't explicitly say that Yes, this is about love, but it was words like having butterflies in your stomach, the sunlight filtering through the leaves of the mm. trees. Come on, so I made this, I gathered six of them, made a work that enabled you to experience six different states of love under four minutes. Mm. Yeah, it's a headphone work and I will be seated opposite you. You'll be invited into into this room and it's, it's going to be dark and then there's a lamp over the table and we don't. We do not speak at all. But I'll be facilitating the whole process. So I'll be putting jacks I'm flipping the cards mm. um, to, for you to read the different words. I brought this to different festivals. Mm. What is it called? Six Days of Love. Mm. I always enjoyed how other people would bring themselves to the work. So people have different associations to all these words. People have talked to me about komorebi. It reminded them of them walking with their spouse, you know, in Japan. Some people have also said that they felt someone really like embracing them really tightly like throughout the uh. whole process. So it' always been very nice to see how the same piece of work can of, yeah. Or conjure up different memories and experiences because of who you are. I can't say that it's sound art because it's also quite a mix of things. Like the sound cannot just exist alone; it has to be accompanied by all these things. But it's still driven by sound. Like the storytelling yeah. is still through sound. And I presented it at the theatre festival, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint where these things yeah, it's perf- sit.
1: Is it a performance or is it?
0: Yeah. 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 Because yeah. the sound brings you to different locations. Mm. It could be a cafe. It mm-hmm. could be. It could be in front of a couch. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the sound brings you there, but I would still have to be present. And I the human element also um, there's a sense of something intimate yeah something intimate because when we're in a cafe let's say one of the places that I'll bring you to is a cafe and then I become somebody who sits opposite you but there, were, there are also times where I completely shut myself out from you yeah this intimacy enables you to experience so many different states
1: You mentioned earlier about how it's different when you are composing or writing your own music by yourself versus Mm. when you do it with someone else. What are some of the differences
0: between these two ways of working? When I create my own work, I cover all the production. Mm. I I pitch it to people, I create it, I have to decide where it goes. I need need to have the vision Mm. for it. But if I were to work with somebody else, I usually am just sound designing. It's not entirely passive. But less involved mm. in the entire process. I've also worked on projects where I'm not really involved in the process. But, but they just want they just want some music from you. Yes, <laughs> yes. So I was just really receiving that kind of instructions, which I'm okay with working that way. But mm. I also felt that mm, I also understand that not everybody understands. Uh, collaboration I think especially when we work with clients because they only want they know that they want this product and you know they they don't really need that process with you I actually enjoy all the types of projects that I've just described I think creating your own project can also be tiring because you're covering everything not just the creative aspect of things ever since I returned to Singapore I haven't really made my own stuff usually it's in collaboration what are some artists or
1: musicians that you're particularly inspired by or influenced by
0: I actually listen to very little music (laughs) <laughs> I'm very inspired by books, uh, by theatre, mm. um, by science, especially children non-fiction, like how it's presented. Yeah, it's always very colourful, even though the, the content, the content it, it doesn't nothing is being subtracted from the content, yet it's very easy to read and it's always supplemented by illustration. Yeah, and it makes me very happy when I read them and <laughs> it's very inspiring to read those books. So if I were to research on a subject, I usually turn to like the children nonfiction first. Yeah, because there's just so much creativity going on in there, and even though it's factual, yes, even though it's, uh, I also find inspiration from the things in my house. Yeah, I think the everyday. Yeah, you know, even when I was traveling here. Um, I heard the rhythms of the escalator and different escalators have different rhythms <laughs> and I know um, which rhythm which escalator I would want to record if I need a particular <laughs> rhythm so I think I go around um, I start to log in all these sounds in my brain so that yeah. I need to know when to pull them out if I need to
2: mm.
1: yeah. Like write down, okay the escalator in Bugis MRT, <laughs> <laughs> the left escalator, the upwards moving left escalator. At this time, nine
0: fifteen AM. Yeah, or sometimes I would just purposely take that particular route just because I wanted to, you know, take that log es- that, that in that, again. Yeah, take that particular escalator. Or, you know, I, I kind of want the experience like to be surrounded by this. do-doom, do-doom. <laughs> 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 That's a very intriguing insight into your process
1: and your creative brain. So what are you working on currently and what are you looking forward to in the future?
0: Um, ever since relocating back to Singapore, I find that I had to change a bit of my strategy. Yeah, So I can't just do art-art, so I've been looking into how, um, how other people like say businesses or social enterprises might need my services, mm. so I've been speaking to a couple of uh, social enterprises to see how audio stories can serve them, so I've been thinking about how people in communities that we seldom see can now be heard because of audio so i'm thinking about how to craft these stories and mm. uh, make them available because visuals and um, photography and any form of visuals are very sensitive when it comes to the different the communities that we usually don't underserved communities underserved communities when it comes to photography or any visuals of these underserved communities It's very sensitive and we usually get opinions of how people feel about them rather than their own personal stories. So I thought audio can be this medium and I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to explore. So that's currently what I'm working on right now. What are some of the communities that you're looking into? Mm. Uh, Migrant workers, the visually challenged and adults with disabilities. When can we next see your work at a festival? Any plans? Anything coming up or yes are you
1: allowed to reveal anything
0: um, I'm actually being commissioned by my university back in Melbourne mm-hmm. um, they are launching a new building on my campus so they've commissioned alumni artists to create a work yeah so that's something that I'm actually working on right now Ooh. yeah I can't reveal details
1: but okay so if anyone out there is going to be visiting Australia this year keep a lookout for it. Thank you for being on Arts Equators Podcast. Thanks for having me to do on-the-spot poetry singing. Yeah, I think you captured... It was like an excerpt from the poem, but I think you captured what I wanted to say.
2: Silence is the song